Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. We're back, we're black, we're brown, ambition. I decided to like, you see how that tone, that tonal change? Everybody can't do that. Everybody can't do that. Yeah. Each week I just regret that we never came up with an actual <laughs> song for the intro. <laughs> the shame. Been, <laughs> the shame. It's just like, no, it's just Tiff's been, pull, Tiff's been, you know, holding, bearing know, that weight just, on her shoulders for a good four and a half years now. <laughs> You're unappreciative. That's what you are. No, I appreciate you. I'm just like, maybe we should give you a break. Uh, no, that would actually be cool if we had a little random mission, like little ditty bop. Um, maybe we could get. Those. I know we've been saying that for four and a half years. <laughs> we should we should hit up the girl. Remember the young woman that did um that did the Molly Moore theme song? Sure. Yeah. Right? If you want to, yeah, do, let's do that. <laughs> but um, before that, let's uh, let's talk about what's happening. What's happening in uh, your world? How are we? How first of all, mental health check in. How are you doing? Eh, I'm okay. It's a lot. You know how eh, you know? is about <laughs> right. <laughs> eh. That's literally like, and I guess it's better than like being worse than eh. But definitely, I'm feeling like eh, like yeah, yeah. It's, the cabin fever getting to you? Um, yeah. I mean, some days and some days not. I mean, because I, I do work largely from home, but it's hard because, it's, you know, you work from home, but I can leave. But knowing that you really can't and I'm not going to lie, more and more of my friends have friends that have passed or are really sick from Corona. So it just it's starting to creep in closer and closer. And mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, you can, you have this feeling where you know that eventually you're going to know somebody like, well, that's like really sick or, or worse than sick. And I guess I'm kind of like bracing myself for what is that? What does that feel like? You know what I mean? So, yeah, you're right. Um, it feels almost like you're that person in the movie and you're, you're trapped somewhere where the water is seeping in. And right now it's around your ankles Mm -hmm. and every week it's like, okay, it's my shins and it's my knees and it's my waist. And, when is it going to get me? Um, yeah, it's that, it is that, that just cloud of anxiety, which sort of just hangs over everything. One of the things I started to do around, I don't know, the third or fourth day since I started to work from home was pull out this old, just, I, I always buy journals and I'm like, I'm going to write in them one day. I love collecting journals that I'd never write in. But I finally, I picked one out and I started to just jot down what really frustrated me that day or just what was happening that day because, there really isn't, I mean, I, I do have my therapist who I still see via 
um, a tele, what's it called? Telehealth, I think is the platform they use. But for me, it helps to just write out what's stressing me out. And even if it's 4 a.m., especially when I was really dealing with intense anxiety when I had the baby, I would wake up all night and just couldn't. I would stay awake all night and could not sleep. And I would just get up, go to the kitchen, pull out a notepad and just like write out what I was worried about and just write it down. And something about that helps me. So if that seems like something that could help you, I just wanted to share because it's very simple and it's free and just getting it off your chest, saying it out loud, Mm. as my therapist always says, like one of the things that she and I talk about is it's not about pushing down the thoughts, the scary thoughts, what could happen, the what ifs, but it's about looking at them and acknowledging them and letting them float away. Just kind of saying, okay, I had that thought. It's just a thought. It can't hurt me and kind of moving on from it. And, you know, my, my journey through anxiety continues, but that's just something that's helped me. I guess you know what it is. I, I used to always strike me as odd, not odd, like, but odd. I don't know. Another other way to put it is that things Terrible things can happen, and yet the world is still moving. You know, like I remember when I was in, um, I was in my twenties, and I remember like my grandmother passed away, and I remember being like, "Yo, doesn't everybody understand my grandmother passed away?" Like as if like, like everyone stop for a moment. You know what I mean? Like it's like the like I was teaching preschool at the time, and I remember I had to go home because it was like you know the kids they were like, "Miss Tiffany, look at my doll baby and watch me kick." And, you know, like it's everything keeps turning despite tragedy. And so sometimes it's hard because like you can't catch your breath because you're like, you know, although this is the first time that it does seem like a of, of, a, of a kind of a, a screeching halt because things are not turning and churning. Um, but I don't know. That always struck me as kind of like this weird sense that you, you have to keep walking despite losing limbs along the way or something. You know, I don't know if I'm and describing it. it yeah. No, I get it. It's it's again, I'll go back to that analogy of like there's a like a tornado hits a, a big city and maybe you're across the country and it, and it's sunny outside and it's hard for you to imagine yeah. and you go about your life and I and it does feel that way being here in New York and being in the New Jersey area like we are. It feels like you're at the you're in the eye of the hurricane and it's just destroyed um you know, it's we're about to hit the apex in terms of deaths in New York. They say the middle of April to the end of April, where it's going to keep getting worse. But there's parts of the country where it's not quite as bad. And like in Georgia, my my own home state of Georgia, Lord have mercy, how did this man beat Stacey Abrams? I will never be able to tell you. But the governor is trying to reopen beaches right now, just, and it feels like there's some places where people just aren't getting it. And I mean, living here in the middle of it. We, I mean, I can't, I, I, and I'm talking to my family in Georgia, and I'm like, you guys have to take it seriously because New York is not special. Yeah. Um, we are, it, it was always going to grow really fast here because we live in such close proximity, and there's so many of us. But it can happen in other places, and it already is. You see Louisiana. Anyway, um, I get it. And it also, for people who have been impacted and have lost loved ones, to turn on CNN or whatever news network and to see that stupid count of the deaths, like uh. like it's a telethon or something like that, 10,001, 10,002, you know, and it's just, it's, and I get why they're doing it because it's what people, you know, it's, that's, it's the fear, but it, it just, you can get disconnected from the, the fact that those are real lives that we're yeah. losing up to 200, what was it? 200 something thousand was one of the projections of people who could die before we hit, before we get to the other side of this in the U S and that just 
no, it's not 50 million who died from the Spanish flu 100 years ago, but it's 200,000 people. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really sobering. And you, you, I mean, you can't think about that stuff all the time because it can really weigh you down. So it's like you want to stay personally this weekend. I've tried to not watch the news and tried to not watch social media and just tried to just live. And I did yeah. some yard work. And it really helped. I treated it like it was a weekend. That's one of the problems, I think, is do you feel like the days are just blurring together and the weekend's not special anymore? It, it, it kind of just feels like a continuation. But I, I truly tried to make it a weekend where we, you know, slept in and we did some yard work and we stayed outside because it was finally nice out. Yeah. And just tried to, you know, take a break from the news. Yeah, it did feel like a weekend, like for the first weekend, because I, I refused. Like, I remember there was some stuff that was kind of like overhanging on Friday. And I kind of told the team, like, yeah, it's not that serious. Like, everybody, Wusa, take this Saturday and Sunday to hug on your loved ones who, who are in, in, in the house with you. And, and, you know, sit on your front steps if you're able and go in the backyard if you have one and, and not work, basically. I mean, and... There are a few things that we do on the weekends, like we have for the Literature Academy. We have a an Ask the Expert every Sunday. So Tamara, I know, had to do some work. But for the most part, we really trying to give people like their weekends. So that way there's just a sense of, I don't know, bring some sort of sense of normalcy. So, yeah. And then it's just been like even figuring out this whole PPP program. Yeah. So for those who don't know PPP program, it's the... Paycheck protection. There's another P I'm missing. What's the other plan? Plan. plan. Oh, you see there the hard the, the easy one. So you know what PPP? <laughs> I had to do it. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so um, the PPP program is meant for business owners, and even that word we use very loosely. So proprietors, 1099 folks, in- independent contractors, people who have businesses, even nonprofits that have that employ under 500 people, that you could uh, qualify for for help. It. it it's a loan that becomes a grant if like you forgivable, right? That's yes, the big, a forgivable loan. Mm-hmm. That's the big selling point. They're forgivable yeah. potentially. So at first they were telling us that, hey, business like yours, Tiffany, you can count because they're they're heavily leaning into how many people that you're employing. And we will give you two and a half months worth of payroll plus a little extra stuff like if you have rent and some other bills but mostly they're really leaning into your payroll because the the purpose of it is for you not to let go of anyone so i was like great because honestly as it relates to my business it's myself and my business partner jabril we are the w2 workers and everybody else is an independent contractor and i was like okay great we can submit and get two and a half months worth of that payroll set aside just in case right and then as long as after that money's dispersed, you keep people employed for eight weeks, then that loan becomes forgivable. And then if, they, if, you, if you don't keep people employed, let's just say you let go of half of the people, then half the money is due. And there's still it feels like they're still working out like what it looks like, but it looks like it's going to be under 4%, the interest on that loan. And I think you have up to 10 years to pay it back. So anyway, I was all like, okay, this is awesome. And now, like, I mean, all of a sudden out of the blue, I guess someone said that there's more versions of more interpretations of this stimulus care act than the Bible, because now the word really is that, no, you cannot count your, your 1099 workers. So, which is where most of the people on my team are, they're independent contractors. And the reason which it makes sense, but it's just disappointing. The reason is because the 1099 um, independent contractor can also can actually claim themselves. So they don't want to pay the 1099 worker 
to apply and then you apply for them too so that they're getting basically paid for twice. Mm. So I was like, ah. Where do you go if you're a business owner? I mean, we put the link in the show notes last week and I'll do it again to the application through the SBA. Is that where you apply for PPP or do you go to your like uh, your bank or where, yeah. where do you start? Well, you start with your your local bank. Most banks, and here's what's so crazy because applications open on Friday. Mandy, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, they're not taking applications anymore. That's crazy. They said they're well, so they, overwhelmed. They're like, nope, closing the door. Yeah. And so, and most big banks or most banks are only taking applications if you bank with them. And so, you know, so start with your bank, but then you're going to have to do a search. If your bank is no longer taking applications, then you're going to have to do a search for banks that will take applications from people who don't bank with them. Um, So that's what I'm kind of doing now because I didn't, I didn't realize it was going to just be filled up so quickly. So my, my CFO was quickly working on submitting our application to a bank that you don't have to bank with in order to, in order to apply with them. So yeah, it's just, it's a just crazy. I mean, when I say a mess, I mean a hot mess. A two-year-old temper tantrum because you said, you know, no more, no more animal crackers because you're going to have dinner, dinner soon mess. I mean, on the because we've been following it too, our small business reporter really following it. And to me, it seems like, well, the government is not always known for being the best at rolling out new programs, let alone new programs that it it talks about on Tuesday and then launches on Friday. Like this has been really quickly slapped together. And I mean, if I were a small business owner right now um, wanting to apply and running into issues, I would just say be patient and keep trying and be persistent because eventually, hopefully, people will figure out the banks are catching up with the government's stimulus package as much as, you know, anyone else right now. And they need time to get the right, you know, people in place and whatnot. And also they're struggling too. You know, some banks have had to like lay off people or, you know, furlough people because of what's going on. So I don't know. Be patient. Try hard. Um, contact community banks, credit unions, like smaller yes. banks that may not be getting as overwhelmed as the big brand names are. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah. That a lot of the smaller banks are, are definitely they might have some space there. And also to call ahead of time, ask to speak to the business banker so you know what to bring. So because every bank is kind of like figuring out and making up their own rules. Do they so, want you to go in person to the bank? Um, so for some people, yeah, there's some people who actually went like a friend of mine, she went and she, and mm. they, they made her come in person. So, oh, um, yeah, it, so definitely call the bank and ask those questions. Do I have to come in person? Do I have to bank here? If so, can I open an account now? Um, what do you need? Because like I said, every, you know, uh, Chase Bank, for example, has their own application. So yes, there's the there's the SBA um, application, but then Chase has their own application. So you're wanting to know like what is what is the application process? Because what you don't want is think about this: thousands of people are going to be applying, hundreds of thousands, right? And if this is not like normal times where they can coach you to, oh, your application got kicked back because you forgot this. Don't be that person because it might just be kicked back. Like, oh yeah, girl, you're not getting nothing because we told you to fill this out properly. So making sure that if you're going to apply, that you you take the time to give them everything they ask for. Yeah. So, you know, you have the opportunity to per- potentially get money. But yeah, that was just like the only, because like that's significantly less because we have like 20 people on the team and there's a difference between 20 people payroll to two people. Well, we've got a couple questions relating to the stimulus package that we'll get to when we answer questions um, in the next segment, just FYI. Um, okay. If awesome. you guys... If you guys want, keep sending your questions in. They've been great. Go to brandambitionpodcast.com. Click ask us 
ask us anything, or you can send me notes directly on Instagram. We're at Brown Ambition Podcast or email brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. So why don't we take a quick break and we will come back and get into some of those questions. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Question. BA questions. Honestly, I really love the question segment because folks ask such great questions. And sometimes I'm like, ooh, good ones. What questions do we have in the mailbag? As I mentioned, we have a couple of questions from people who are wondering, you know, what should they be doing now that there is this stimulus package coming out? This question comes from someone who wanted to remain anonymous. She says, I actually haven't filed taxes in the last couple of years. Does this mean I will not qualify for a stimulus check? If not, what can I do so that I can potentially qualify? This is a really good question because we mentioned last week. So these checks will be coming in the next couple of weeks or so. There's still not a firm date on that, but the way that's happening. So if you file taxes in 2018 or 2019, the IRS is going to use that tax return to see if you're eligible or not. So what that means is if you earned a lot more money in 2018 than you did in 2019, you're going to want to file your 2019 taxes ASAP so that they can look at your lower income this year. Because if you have higher income, I believe they've capped it at around $99,000 for an individual. If you have higher income, you won't qualify for any stimulus money. So let's say you earned $100,000 in 2018 and you're a freelancer. In 2019, it was super slow and you earned $50,000. You're going to want to file that 2019 tax return Mm -hmm. so that it reflects that lower income so you will qualify for a check. If not, like I said, they'll look at 2018's tax returns and that if you earn more that year, um, you may not qualify. That being said, like she asks, what do I do if I didn't file taxes those two years? So what the IRS is doing is they're going to look at Social Security statements to see if people can be eligible, or you can quickly go ahead and file your 2019 taxes, just a simple tax return for 2019. It's not too late, and they can use the income or whatever you put on that tax return right now. So it's not too late, and whatever bank account you have connected to your Um, your refund in the past, whatever, wherever it's been direct deposited, if that's how you've gotten your refund, I think most people have, that's where the IRS will be sending it. Yeah. So get get on it. Get on it. And I'm going to put the same resource links that were in last week's show in this show notes as well for you guys to check. 
All right. Now let's take our next question from a listener we'll call Artie. Artie says, God bless you both during this time. The president announced that interest on federal student loans will be discontinued until further notice. My student loan provider said they implemented this, but they said my payments will stay the same. Shouldn't my fixed monthly payment go down as a result of interest no longer being applied? Artie. So she sent this email on March 23rd. We just checked on this and there's good news here. So the great news is that Actually, the government has suspended student loan payments on federal loans from March 13th through September 30th, Mm -hmm. which means if you have federal student loans, you don't have to pay anything. What they've done is automatically put federal student loan borrowers into forbearance. Mm -hmm. On top of that, typically when you're put a loan in forbearance, interest is still accruing. So although you don't have to pay anything, you still have interest piling up. And sometimes you can make interest interest payments because I used to be forbearance queen. And so I used to make the interest payments just so it wouldn't accrue on top of my principal. So just know that this is the second break they're giving you. Exactly. So there's not actually any interest accruing even though you're in forbearance. Mm -hmm. So this is a double whammy benefit. So already you should call your servicer back and make sure that they know Mm -hmm. that this is the new law that's passed. And like we've said before, a lot of companies like banks and lenders, they're catching up with the news just like we are. So if you're getting confusing advice that conflicts with what you find on federal websites. For example, definitely go to studentaid.gov and click on their corona. Well, I'll put a link to this in the show notes. I'll save you the trouble. Go to the show notes and I'll put, <laughs> put a link to the coronavirus federal student loan page so that you guys can check the information. Call your servicer and if you get confusing advice, I would just escalate it to a manager until you get someone on the phone who knows what they're talking about. Because um, yeah. yeah, you shouldn't have to pay anything. You can still choose to pay. I was and say that. If you can, why stop, right? I mean, well, I guess... To me, I wouldn't, like, I... Only if, like, if Artie doesn't... If you don't have, like, a good amount of, like, emergency savings saved, then I might reconsider, like, kind of continuing to pay. But if you feel like, you know, your bills are up to date and you have a a good amount of emergency savings, and by good amount in times like these, I say six months. But I think what Mandy was going to say is that that all of the money that you send toward your federal student loans now up until September 30th all of it will go to the principal. That means, you know, not some like 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 normal. So it's an it's an opportunity to pay down your student loan debt just a little bit um, faster. So not everyone has six months. So this is an opportunity, like you know, to stack up on your on your emergency savings just in case. I, we don't know what's going to happen moving forward. And I think having a strong cash position so you can ride this wave out um, is a really good idea. Yeah, and if I can be devil's advocate. advocate I mean, if you're talking about, I think we've had some questions from people, should I be investing right now? And we've had some people who have been like, I'm going to put more money in the market because, you know, we're at the, we're at bottom or nearing the bottom um, where we were anyway. And it's sort of like stocks are on sale. So if you're going to invest now is a good time because then you can ride the wave mm-hmm. if there's a wave, which history has shown there usually is one that goes back up. So like Tiffany said, if you have your emergency fund stashed, you have your regular bills paid off. Um, There's no other obligations that you have. If you're torn between making a student loan payment on on a loan that no longer has interest through September or maybe kicking money into your 401k, it depends on your appetite for risk right now. But, you know, you could argue that it makes more sense to potentially put it into even a CD would earn a little bit something or uh, put it in a high yield savings account. Um, If you're if you're feeling, you know, queasy about maybe putting it into your 401k or in the stock market, 
put it into a vehicle where maybe you can earn a little bit of interest because if you use it to pay your student loans right now, the benefit is that you pay it, your principal down, but you're not being charged interest. So you could gain a little bit more by, you know, saving or investing it elsewhere. Mm-hmm. All right. But great question. Thank you very much, Artie. And let's see, should we take one more? Uno mas. I think we should because it's crazy times right now. Uno mas. Okay. This comes from the Graham listener name, Eli. Eli says, quick question. Prior to COVID, I had planned for the month of April to open a travel credit card for the rewards. My other credit cards are paid off, so debt is an issue. I was concerned that it might look desperate to open a card at this time. On the other hand, I feel like I might get a good rate. Should I wait till after the pandemic is over or will it not matter? Interesting. Uh-huh. Look desperate to who? <laughs> I, I was just saying that. Eli, who are you trying to stop for? It? No, I don't think it <laughs> right? I it mean, doesn't hurt you. Desperation yes. is not one of the components of a credit score. If that's yeah, what you're worried you about. If like your hand shook, yeah. that your that your score will drop some points, like, oh, I need the money. Um yeah. no, I say Eli, you know, if that's not an issue, there's nothing wrong with going ahead and open up a opening up a uh, credit card. If anything now, I have seen, I don't know if you've seen, because I've gotten like these credit card solicitations in the mail, that they're actually giving more um, reward points, travel reward points, than they were before. Are they? Um, well, I didn't know that. Um, well, I'm, I mean, just seeing from like what's coming in, like I'm like, ooh, before this was fifty thousand points, now this is a hundred thousand, and I don't know if it's related to COVID, but like for example, just with everything, I feel like like a uh, Domino's just sent me like a coupon forty percent off, and I'm getting all of these coupons, all mm-hmm. of the. I feel like people are trying to hopefully um, sway folks into making a move when it comes to investing in their business by being a patron. So, yeah, I mean, definitely shop around. There's nothing wrong with that because what we do know is eventually we're going to fly again. We're not going to never fly again. So there's nothing wrong. You can wrong fly with- now, you know, yeah. if you are brave enough and it's an emergency. I would just say I wouldn't rush to open up a travel rewards card that has an annual fee right now unless you can immediately get some benefits that would outweigh the cost of that annual fee. Like if you had a sign-up bonus or whatnot and made it worth it. Just because, mm-hmm. you know, the the usual benefit with these cards is that you have to spend tra- spend using travel, sometimes entertainment True. or restaurants or whatnot to get the most lucrative rewards. And if you're not doing a lot of that right now, then you're not going to be stashing away a lot of points. And is it worth, you know, paying? Like I know the Chase Sapphire Reserve, they increased their fee to $500 and $550 this um, last year. And definitely if you were thinking about one of those really expensive annual fee cards, just want to do the math to see if the benefits outweigh that reward before you rush out to sign up. Yeah. But yeah. All right. Cool. Well, again, you guys send us your questions, Brand Ambition Podcast on the gram or Brand Ambition Podcast at gmail.com. We're also on our website, brandambitionpodcast.com. Yes. And now it's time for boost or break. Boost or break. Um, I have a boost and a break. What about you? I was going to do a boost. Keep it positive. Okay. Well, my break is not really like a huge, like a really bad break. So I'll do the break first. Oh, there's another streaming platform out. It's called Quibi. Have you heard of it? I have. I've like seen a couple of ads for shows on Quibi and I'm like, ugh, another one. (laughs) And another one. It's like $4. We got nothing but time these days. So why not? (sighs) I know. So I'm kind of like, eh. So what makes Quibi or Quibi, I'm not sure how they're saying it's so special, is I think like the DreamWorks guy is, is you know, one of the uh, founders and some other super fancy person that has like all this knowledge. They've raised so much money, like 
$2 billion to launch this thing. But from what I can understand, from what I can understand, what makes it so special is that it's specially optimized for your phone. So you can hold your phone horizontally and then you can hold it um, uh, vertically. And it, what they've done is they shot this movie or this whatever in two different like they shot it vertically and they shot it horizontally. So you can actually get two point of views like as you watch like, ooh, oh, this one I can see the outside of the house. This one I can see the inside of the house as you switch your phone back and forth. I don't know. I'm just like, and, and all, what also makes it special is that um, all of the content is like 10 minutes and under. So it's really meant to be like kind of like on the go. But I'm like, eh, okay. I mean, they say that it's not really geared toward Generation Z. That's really geared toward millennials. So I guess we'll see. I mean, you know, like um, depending on who you ask, I'm one year removed or one year, one pinky toe in millennial land. So I don't know. I just kind of a break just from another platform. I'm not getting another it. platform right? to pay for. You know, if you're looking exactly. for expenses to trim, I would say yes. with your streaming services. For real. People are like, what girl? Not Netflix. Go ahead. I'm like, understood. Netflix so, uh, has earned its right. I feel yeah, like. it, it has been the, the lifestyle. Do you need Apple TV? Like, I don't know. The <laughs> exactly. Reese, Wither, Reese Witherspoon show was pretty good, but like it's over. So we canceled it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know that Quibi is necessary. So then that's just my, my light break. But my boost is I really want to boost my financial friend circle. I guess my financial network circle. They have really just been rising to the occasion and just sharing their knowledge just freely with, with folks. Like if you guys know, like two weeks ago, I did a free financial series and it was Tila teaching stocks. I taught budgeting and savings. Sandy taught how to make money from home and Kara taught, um, like, you know, emotional wellness. And we did it for free and it was really like well-received. I just ran the numbers, Mandy, over 200,000 views, thousands of comments, thousands of shares. It just was great and awesome. And if you're like, I missed it, it's honestly, it's on the on the Budget Needs to Facebook page. I, I just, you can click video and all the videos are there. Every lesson, it's like a deep lesson. So totally free. It was our way of giving back. And, and, and then I leaned in again because people were like, you know, are you going to do it again? And I wasn't going to, because it's not an easy lift. It's a lot of work, but I know people are really um, in need. So I kind of took like this informal survey of what do you want to learn? And then I reached out to my financial adjacent friends based upon what people said. And even as you're listening to this, even if you've missed like a, a session or whatever, they'll still be the, the, like I said, the replay will still be on the Budget Needs to Facebook page. But we have EC who's teaching how to land your dream job when no one is hiring. She teaches dream job, um, how to land your dream job anyway, but she's really leaning into like now and, you know, like when it seems like no one's hiring, there are people who are hiring. How do you land that job? Then Ash Cash, my boy, is teaching how to master your mindset and manifest an abundance in um, times of uncertainty. He's an awesome, like, mindset kind of coach. It's just, like, really, like, he's got amazing energy, and I think we could all use that boost. Then after that, um, on Wednesday, Dawn, she has been my friend for a number of years. She's a naturalist. Um, Dawn has MS, and as a result, she's really had to lean in and and create natural products and ser- and things for herself to, to help manage her MS. And so she's going to show us with the things you have at home, how do you strengthen your immune system, like on a budget? So it's like, do you have limes? Did you know you can like squeeze a shot of lime, a little bit of honey? Like, do you have turmeric? Did you know if you are going to cook with turmeric, it's essential that you also add black pepper so it helps your body break down the turmeric. So these are things that you might not know. And I wanted her to, you know, because so many of us might eventually get corona, but it won't affect us all the same, especially if you have a strong immune system. And then last but not least, my friend Nicole 
Lappin is going to teach um, negotiate your way to lower bills, interest rates, and more savings because almost everyone, all your service providers are offering some leniency when it comes to your, you know, who you owe and how much you owe. And so now it's time to lean in and negotiate some assistance. And she's going to teach that. So I just want to, like I said, I want to just thank like the, the financial network that I belong to because everyone has said yes. So something fun we're going to do too. I don't, I don't know if the word is fun, but I reached out to like, um, my elevate network. That's a, a group of us, uh, personal finance folks of color. And I say, wouldn't it be great if we could each explain what is seemingly like a big financial term in under a minute and we could share the videos? Like what is quantitative quantitative easing? What is the stock market? What is points and the Dow Jones? And and so like I had so many people say, yeah, I'd love to do that. So see, uh, like, you know, you'll see those videos soon because I feel like sometimes those words just go over your head and like, what does that mean? Can you explain it to me like I'm five? And so, like I said, so many people said that they would do those little clip videos for me. So um, you'll just see them being shared. So lean into your financial educator and give them a virtual hug because we, we try out here in these streets to make sure you are okay. And it's F-R-E-E free. Free. Like I said, Facebook page. Like I know people are like, I don't have Facebook. Well, sis, get it for this. Wait a okay. second. Who? Who now? What? A lot of people, like you'd be so surprised how, people, how many people are like, can you do this on Instagram? And it I'm did like, go no. out of style. Facebook what, did Facebook? go out of style. It yeah, did, I mean, it was but, like, you know, they're hacking into our data or whatever and selling it. But, but they own Instagram. Aren't they all? Like, they right? do own Instagram. <laughs> they, do. They, don't, they don't try and advertise that, if you noticed. I know. But the yeah. thing is, this: the reason why we do a Facebook is because, because of the nature of wanting us to do it for free and not it not confining you because with Instagram, you'll, these lives only last 24 hours. They might sit in the highlights, but it's hard for you to see. And like, for example, like everyone who's teaching, some people might have a slide that they want you to see. And so it just makes it easier. It makes it really easy to make it free on uh, Facebook. So sorry if you don't have it, but. Well, I did share the link to your Facebook page last week when you talked about the courses, but if you have like a specific link to a public like episode that people can see even if they're not logged in mm-hmm. maybe so. that will work yeah i believe so i believe like the ones that are already like the ones we recorded like two weeks ago i think that those links if i share them and you're not logged in you can still mm-hmm. watch them not being logged in yeah all right shoot me the links and i'll add them to the show notes awesome what about you what are you boosting i want to boost big 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 boost i don't think i've done this yet to all the parents who are at home with the children and having to become a nine to five worker plus mom and dad mom or dad and juggling schooling i feel somewhat lucky i mean a newborn is challenging but he's not asking me a million questions a day and needing my you know undivided attention and trying to jump off coffee tables and almost breaking his orbital bone like a friend of mine's toddler did the other day i just major major shout out and one of the things i did recently at my company was i we have a we have a company slack and i decided to start a parent slack channel just because it felt like one, I'm a new parent, and I wasn't sure who else at the company were parents. And I was like, this is a crazy freaking time for us, and we need to acknowledge that it's crazy. So started a parent Slack channel, and it's been really fun. And people are sharing just, you know, notes about how they're setting up tents in the living room for their kids and how they're getting online courses for free from this website or that website. So just a shout out and give yourselves a pat on the back if you're a parent and you are juggling it all and give yourself grace. We just can't do, like, I'm going to be the first to admit I am not as effective at my job as I was a month mm. ago when I could go to an office and work undividedly um, 
undivided attention all day. You just, you can't do it all. So you just, we have to make peace with imperfection right now. And speaking of a baby, was that a baby in the background? (laughs) You got a baby there? (laughs) I hit my, my, um, my, what's it called? My, my TV. And it was like, ah, shut up. Oh God. That's like when at night after, when I put the baby down finally, and my husband starts watching videos of him and I'm like, the baby's crying. He's like, chill out. I'm just watching this video. And I'm like, you can't do that. All right. Anyway. So shout out to parents. And then a quick shout out to me because we started sleep training this week and mama is finally getting her groove back. I cannot. People are like, oh, you know, letting them cry it out. I don't want to hear your opinions, by the way, because I stopped caring what anyone else does with their kid six to eight (laughs) weeks ago, and it changed my life entirely because my kid ain't your kid, so, you know, do your own thing. That's fine. My kid, I knew he could fall asleep on his own. He just had to be given the opportunity. That's how I looked at it. And I sat. It was just like so, I mean, literally would have taken me an hour in the past just sitting there rocking and boob and rocking and boob and white noise and whatever. I just put him down. I walked away. I had a big fat glass of wine. He <laughs> cried for about 30 minutes. And that was that. Yeah. And the next night it was 25 minutes. And tonight, let's hope it'll be 20. But I have gotten more sleep in the past four days. And I feel like myself almost again. And in these crazy times, I just wanted to say, yes, I am get, I'm getting my group back. I'm cooking again. I have, I'm not dead by 7 p.m. anymore. I mean, knock on wood, because who knows what tonight will bring, but it's going great. And I just really feel like finally I have stopped, like I said, caring what other people do and just doing what my kid and I, like, we just talk. I'm like, Rio, what do you need? Rio, tonight is a night. You're going to sleep on your own. He's like, cool, mom. I got this. I love and it. <laughs> it's me and him, y'all. It's me and him. We're working on it together. And yes, so I am very happy, very, very happy right now. And I, I mean, I'm, I can't stop talking because I have energy now. Like in the past, I'd be like, Tiffany, can we stop the show at 40 minutes? Because I can't, I can't go any longer. But you know what? Because how, how old is Rio now? He's uh, four and a half months. Honestly, every like new mom that I know will say like, you know, until about four months, you're like, who, who, who am I? I'm in the desert alone. So that sounds about right. That about three or four months, you you start to see your way out. You're like, okay, I'm wandering yeah. out of the wilderness. So like I might stop wearing maternity tights because I don't have to, but they comfy, but they have like holes in them. So I might like actually shop and get some new clothes. This feels good. Yeah, that's awesome. And he is so adorable. I'm like, how is it possible he's getting cuter every day whenever you post him? And poor Molly. I was like, if you don't leave my friend alone, she didn't mean to do that to that basket. <laughs> if you don't follow Mandy on IG, you need to. I just be all in it like, leave my Molly alone. She didn't mean it. Molly is so confused. I think all the pets are like, why are you home? What's going on? Where's my me time? Everyone's on the couch. There's no spot for me. And this baby is crying all day. Can you guys go back to work? What's happening? Molly is definitely feeling the anxiety. Um, yeah, yeah. Shout out like, to pets her, too. Her little face too. She looks so guilty. She was like, and then had the nerve to pick it back up. Like, ooh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> when we catch her, it's so funny. She never chews, but she's only started to chew on random things. Like recently, she loves to chew on toys, but not anything else. I thought I was always so lucky, but <laughs> when we do the rare occasion find her, she's chewed something, she is so funny and how she reacts and she'll growl at you like she's like you know like i could just hear her being like i'm really really sorry but also exactly. get out of my face you're stressing exactly. me out. Exactly. yeah oh yeah so there's lights like there's little little delights like that that we have to lean into 
have to laugh, 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 laugh at anything that makes you laugh. Just whatever. Don't no. There's nothing to feel guilty about these days. Do whatever you can to survive and to feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as long as it's legal. <laughs> don't come and say Brandon Bishon told me to go rob a liquor store because right. <laughs> I wanted some. It felt really good. Right. <laughs> um, all right. Well, take care, Tiff. Be well. All right. You too. All right. See y'all next week. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.